0: Well, we began last week a study on Tittlewith, everybody say Tittlewith, Tittlewith, and that kind of stands for, let's say together, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And so you know, learning to trust our Heavenly Father really is an incredible gift. And I've shared last week, maybe the last couple of weeks, you know, God brings us around to certain truths. And, you know, learning to trust God is sim- just a simple childlike thing. And yet sometimes I wander away from that and begin to try to do everything in my own energy. And I always end up, obviously, in a, in a bad place. And so Tittle with us, we talked about last week, in order to trust God, There's gotta be a foundation, and that foundation is knowing God. It's impossible to really trust God Unless we know God. And by the way, the more you know God, the easier it is to trust. And isn't it kind of crazy how the more we get to know God, the more of God there is to know? Have you ever noticed that? It's kind of like a triangle going up. You almost think you got something, but when you get there, you see there's so much more. Of God. It always re- reminds me of the two little farmer boys that joined the Navy and they were out on the ocean for the first time. They'd never been out on the ocean. And one of the farmer boys said to the other one, Man, look at all that water. And the other one said, Yeah, and that's only the top. <laughs> and so sometimes when you get excited about God, I just want you to know that's only the top. There's so much more of God. And I think that's why Paul said in in Philippians 3, and let's read together, you know, Paul, if there was anybody on the planet that I would have thought knew the heart of God would have been Paul. And yet Paul said, and I think he was saying that, the more I know of God, the more I realize there is to know of God. And he said, really, that's my passion to know God. Let's read together, and this is out of the Amplified Bible. And the Amplified Bible, if if you're looking for a good study Bible, Amplified is a good one to use along with your translation. It's not a good one to memorize because it's pretty long. It gives you several meanings. But let's read out of the Amplified Bible, out of Philippians 3.8. I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him, a joy unequaled. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it all garbage. I may gain Christ. Wow. Paul said literally everything in his life was like garbage compared to the infinite knowledge of knowing Christ. God, and so I want to again kind of lay that foundation we talked about last week. When Jesus walked this earth, when God became man, He gave us kind of a radical concept of God when He called Him Father. About 165 times He referred to God as father and again that doesn't seem radical to us but in jewish culture again to understand they wouldn't even write the name of god nor would they say the name of god because they might mispronounce it and the bible says not to take the name of the lord in vain so they got they took that so serious that they wouldn't even mention the name of god and here comes jesus and he's calling god father that is such a radical Concept that he would be our father. And again, thinking of a child, children have an incredible way of trusting. Their father. Now, if you grew up in a home where you were abused, you did not have a loving father, my heart goes out to you. I was very blessed to have a dad. I never, thinking back in my life, I never, ever remember doubting the love of my father. Even though he may not have had everything together, I always knew my dad loved me. And so children know that, and they have their trust in their father. And in in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, Abba, Father. If it's possible, let this cup pass. But, you know, he uses the word Abba, which we talked about last week. It's an Aramaic term, which means uh, the rabbis called Abba Kind of the language of the infants. Now, not only infants can say it, because here he's about 33 years old, he still uses Abba. But it's a word that we think of as children. We would maybe compare daddy or dada, you know, when those children just have that childlike faith. And even today in Israel, if you're out on the streets of Israel and you see a child that's lost, you you will hear them say, Abba, Abba. They still use that term today, even in Israel. So when you hear the term Abba, just think of the childlike heart. Even though you may be an adult, you still have that childlike tenderness of reaching out to your heavenly Father. Now last week, I gave you some homework, asked you to you know, take, spend a little time each day just saying, Abba, Father, I trust in you. How many of you prayed this week using Abba? All right, how many of you felt a little strange? It seemed a little bit strange, but again, the more you get to know the heart of God, it's awesome, even as an adult, to recognize Him as my heavenly father in that childlike sense, that childlike faith. And so I just want to again remind you, when we're talking about trusting in God, it's really important to, to remember that tittle with or trusting in God may not remove us from the storms of life. I wish I could say that, man, all life God takes away all the storms, but it really isn't true. And can I just tell you, the real gift in the Christian life is not getting out of the storm. The real gift is in the storm trusting your heavenly father. You know, when you can trust your heavenly father, and the more you get to know your heavenly father, the more you can trust him in the middle of a storm. When you can tittle with, when you can truly trust God in the middle of a storm, what a gift that is to God to know that you trust him no matter what. And tittle with may not ease the pain and suffering. And I just want to remind you, even though Jesus cried out, Abba, Father, he still had to go through the storm of Calvary. He still had to go through the pain and suffering. And so trusting God may not remove all the pain. Now he may heal you. He may totally heal you, which is good, but he may also allow you to suffer. And in the middle of that suffering, to know that your heavenly father loves you. He cares about every detail of your life. Also, that trusting God may not bring clarity and direction. You know, none of the disciples understood what was going on. Man, no one understood what was going on when Jesus went to Calvary. I wish I could tell you that I always understand everything I'm going through. But I'm just being honest. There's a lot of things in life I do not have clarity on. I do not understand. But even in the middle of it, even though I don't understand, to be able to trust my Heavenly Father that nothing comes my way unless it's ultimately for my good and for His glory, to really be able to trust God in the middle of pain is a great gift. It really is a great gift. And finally, trusting God may not bring a fairy tale ending in this life. I wish I could say we always end up on a mountaintop. We always end up with goosebumps and everything's hunky-dory. May not be the case. It wasn't in Jesus' life. It wasn't a fairy tale ending on this side until we look back and realize how God used everything. And so I just want to remind you there is a fairy tale ending on the other side. It's going to be awesome over there. But it may not always end well here, but in the middle of the storm, the middle of the pain, the lack of understanding, and maybe things aren't working out, to know that you can trust your Abba, that you can trust your Heavenly Father. I mean, that has to make him happy when all hell's breaking loose, and yet you trust your Heavenly Father. That's a great gift. That's what Tittleworth is all about. And then again, a couple times Paul reminds us and encourages us to use that phrase, Abba. Let's read from Romans 8 for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out Abba Father and so even to the Gentiles he says lesson one I mean the very first thing when you get saved the very first initiation of the Holy Spirit is to help you understand that he's your Abba that he literally cares about every detail of your life. I wanna ask you a couple questions. I wanna stop for just a minute. I'm gonna do something I should not probably ever do. Some of you are already here, but I wanna ask you to close your eyes for just a minute. I want, you to, I want you to ask God two questions, all right? Number one, I want you to ask God, do you love me? I just want you to ask God, do you love me? Number two, I want you to ask God, do you like me in all of my flaws? Do you like me? All right, look this way if you're still awake. (laughs) You know, if I'm being honest, it's amazing how many people will say that God loves them because they, they believe that theologically. But a lot of times people have a hard time believing that God likes us because we know of our flaws and our setbacks and our struggles. But I want to tell you, the love of God, He not only loves you, but He actually likes you. Yeah, He knows you have flaws. He knows you're working on some stuff in your life. But He absolutely loves you as you are and not as you should be. Because again, on this side, I'm never going to have it all together. And I spent a lot of my life, even as a pastor, trying to always perform in order for God to love me and like me. But I want to tell you, that's our kind of love. You know, someone said that, that God made us in his image and we've returned the favor. We've made God in our image. And if we don't believe we can love ourselves because of our performance, how can we serve a God that loves us? I want to tell you, God loves you unconditionally. That's what I've been taught. The word for agape love is unconditional love. If that is true, why do we put conditions on the love of God? You know, if I were to tell you today, you guys are nothing but sinners, I'd probably get some amens. Woo, glory! But if I tell you, you are unconditionally loved by God, just like you are, and He not only loves you, but He actually likes you. People have a hard time receiving that. Because we grow up in churches where we're kind of beat up and we're beat up and we're told, do more, do more. And we're on such a performance-based system that we feel like we can never, ever quite achieve God's love. I want to give you some good news. You can't. I'm 62 years old, been in the ministry for 42 years. I should have arrived. But the more I go with God, the more I realize I need to go with God. And if I wait till I get it all together, I'm never, ever going to enjoy the love of God right now. Some of you are going to get it when you're driving home and you're going to have to pull over and have a spell. I mean, when you realize how much God really loves you, he's crazy about you. As you are, he not only loves you, he really likes you. You know, I think about our kids growing up. I don't ever remember a time ever that I did not love my kids. Even though they took me to the heights and depths and even though they did things, I can never remember a time that I loved them more. I always loved my kids. And if we know how to love our children and grandchildren, how much more will our Heavenly Father who has unconditional love, his love for us. Crazy. You know, Paul said in Ephesians 4 as he was praying for the church at Ephesus, he says, I want you to know the height and the depth, the width and the length. I just want you to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge He says, if you could just understand, and as I read that and thought about that, I thought, God, there's no way I can adequately share the love of God because it's beyond knowledge. I'm sharing something I can't even wrap my mind around. It's a love that goes beyond what humanly we can even grasp. But when we understand his unconditional love, again, it's easy to trust a God that loves you that much. And the more you understand his love, his unconditional love, it's so easy to trust a God that absolutely loves you. You guys got me sidetracked. All right, Galatians 4. Again, very similar, Paul says, Because you are children, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And so I want to encourage you this week, at least sometime. To pray to him is Abba. And again, think of a small child just trusting their father. Abba, it's a mess down here. I don't know what's going on. I'm suffering. I'm going through some stuff. But Abba, I know that you love me unconditionally. I I know you not only love me, but you actually like me. And I'm just trusting you. I want to tell you, that'll please God. And I want to tell you, you may have to grit your teeth the first day or two. But the more you get to know the heart of God and the love of God, it's so easy to trust a God that absolutely loves you that much. Maybe nowhere in the Bible is the love of the father pictured any better than the story of the prodigal son. And uh, you can read Luke chapter 15, but the prodigal son, you talk about a lowlife scumbag, it was the prodigal son. I mean, he went to his father. Can you imagine going to your father and say, Father, I can't wait for you to die. Can I have my inheritance? That is cold, man, that is cold. Dad, I just can't wait for you to croak. Can I have my inheritance? And so he gets his inheritance, he goes out to a far land, he squanders it all on self. I mean, he flat out just selfishly squanders everything on pleasure. And when he runs out of everything, he begins to think about his father's house and how good he had it at the father's house. And so he decides to go back home. Now, I'm just being honest. How many of us, if if our child squandered everything totally, took their inheritance and totally squandered it and came back home, how many of you would at least give them a time out? My dad probably would have used the belt. I mean, we don't do that now. It's not kosher. But, I mean, back, how many of you were raised with a belt? All right? And we somehow survived. Amen? But anyway, I'm not, I'll probably get in trouble. But anyway, I have something. So the son comes back. And by the way, the, the, Luke 15 gives the story of the lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, which I think make up one parable. But the last part of it, the story of the lost son, is an incredible passage on the love of God the Father. John says in 1 John, for God is love, he is the originator of love and it's an enduring attribute of his nature. Wow. God is love. Therefore, everything he does is in love. He absolutely is crazy about you. He loves you unconditionally and again, he not only loves you, he likes you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God not only loves me, he actually likes me. Turn back to your neighbor and say, I know, I just heard that. I just heard that. All right, so let's look at the, the prodigal son's coming back. The guy is totally, you talk about a low life. There's nobody in this room that has done what this prodigal has done to his father. Nobody has been that cold, that cruel, and so he decides to come back. Let's read together. And as he rose and came to his father, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and began to kiss his son. By the way, and you've probably heard this, this is the only place I know in the Bible where God gets in a hurry right here. I wish one time Jesus were rushing to get somewhere, but he never seemed to be in a hurry. But I tell you what, God gets in a hurry when your children, when we take that first step back to God, God will literally run and begin to lavish us in our love. And you say, I don't deserve it. You don't. That's grace. We don't deserve any of the love of God. That's the agape love. It goes beyond what we can comprehend that he loves us that much. The Jewish Bible says this, When he got up and came home to his own Abba, while he was still a long way off, his Abba saw him, was filled with heavenly mercy, compassion, and tears, and fell on his neck and kissed him. I like how the Jewish Bible, but here's my favorite the Amplified Classic Edition says, He got up and came to his own father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with pity and tenderness for him. He ran and embraced him and kissed him fervently. He just couldn't stop kissing him. He didn't deserve it. The guy was a scumbag, he was a lowlife. In human terms, we could never love him without at least a time out. I love how one one scholar, he interpreted this verse as he kept kissing him and kissing him. He could not stop kissing him. Wow. That's crazy. No wonder when we get to heaven, man, we're going to spend the first few hundred years on our face before God. When we realize the holiness of God and realize the worth that he put on our life, I think we're going to be blown away. But we don't have to wait till we get to heaven. If God would open our eyes to see how much he loves us, and again, if we can love God, if we can experience that kind of love, it's easy, it's really easy to trust God if we understand how much he loves us. We absolutely, it's important to know God. I love how Jesus said on the last night with his disciples, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. What? Jesus said, I've loved you exactly like the Father has loved me. You know, our love is sometimes conditional. I said in one of the services, you know, I, I may love my wife 100%, but I may only love the mailman 10%. You know, my love kind of varies depending on how much I know you and how well you like me. But God's love is not that way. God's love is 100% all the time. And I want to tell, I make a bold statement that he loves you this morning as much as he loves Jesus. That's crazy. Jesus said, remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. Wow. Again, if we get experience and know that he is love, that he loves us. I said in the early service, I picked on Gary, and he's down here in the front again. You know, one day God looked down through time and saw Gary Presley coming into this world. He looked at Gary and knew that Gary would forever be lost and separated in hell. He looked at Gary, and he looked at his son. He looked at Gary, and he looked at his son. And God said, you know what? Gary is worth Calvary. That God loved Gary so much that he was willing to allow his son to go to Calvary just so that Gary could have heaven with him. You know, when you look in the mirror tomorrow, I want you to know you're looking at somebody that was worth Calvary to God. That's crazy. That's the kind of love. No wonder, Paul said, that it goes beyond human knowledge. We just can't wrap our mind around that kind of love. Because our love is so conditional based on performance, not with God. You're worth to God. I love how Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, let's read together. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. He absolutely cares about everything you're going through in your life. Absolutely cares and knows. But again, trust doesn't mean you're going to get out of all that. Trust means that in the middle of it, you know that he has your best interest. He goes on to say, Matthew 6, not to worry. He says, how many of you know anybody that worries? And can I tell you, the more you don't know God, the more you're going to worry. The more you know the love of God, it's going to keep you from worrying because you know how much He loves you and cares for you. He says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, but your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He knows. He absolutely knows exactly what you need. And again, everything that comes your way is absolutely for your best interest and for his glory. A couple verses, when somebody says, in case you ever doubt the love of God, in Romans 5, 8, Paul says, God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. If you ever doubt the love of God, just go back to Calvary. And to realize that he went through all of that so that you and I could have heaven. That's your worth to God. And again, I don't see myself there. I struggle thinking that God could love me because I don't always love myself. I know my failures. I know my struggles. And I think, how could a God love me when all of my, 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 my failures and letdowns? But that's the love of God. A verse that we probably maybe first learn, let's all say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I just want to also say that when you're in the hand of the Father, you could not be more secure. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, "'I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish.'" My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. I want to give you some really good news. You are safe in the hands of God. That God absolutely, again, not only loves you, He really likes you. I love how 1 John says, see what incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us. I just want you to read this with me because it's so good. You know, John had a wow moment when he, when he saw it. John had a wow moment, and I want you guys to have a wow moment, all right? Let's read it together. See what incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us that we would be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God, and so we are. It's crazy that you're a child of God. He loves you as much as he loved Jesus. If the father can love the prodigal, I mean, God loves you so much that if we're again willing to take that first step just to go in his direction, he will run and lavish his love on you. Let me back up here. This is my testimony, by the way. Of me always chasing to be somewhere. Over the last 40 years, I thought, if I can get over here, God will love me. When I get over here, I say, Well, I got to get over there. When I get over there, I say, I got to get over here. And I was constantly trying to find there. If I could just get there, God would love me. Here's my testimony over the last 40 years always chasing God's love by my performance. And here I am today, just receiving the love of God. I want to tell you, I think it's sad that sometimes as pastors, we beat people up. We say, do, 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 perform, perform, and we're just performed out. And our concept of God is, if we don't perform enough, He's not going to love us. I'm going to tell you, that's Pharisee gospel. That's Pharisee gospel. There's a song, as I was thinking about the love of God, there's a song. I don't even know who, who wrote it, but it's, it's called The Love of God. Can you imagine that? And so part of the chorus of the song says this, and it really, it just really just says everything that my, my heart is about today. Let's read together the heart of this song, trying to describe the love of God. Could we with ink the ocean fill... And were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. There's no way it is impossible to try with human words to describe the love of God. And yet Paul said to the church at Ephesus, if you could only know the love of God, if we could only somehow just begin to comprehend the incredible love, again, trust will come so easy when we know how much he loves us. I want you to listen to the words of this song and just experience the incredible love of God. The
1: love of God is greater far than tongue or pen, can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to. God gave his son.
0: stand together. If you feel comfortable, I just want you to to raise your hands, raise a hand toward heaven and think about a small child just reaching up to their father. And I just want you to receive the love of God. I want you to picture yourself just taking that first step back to God And I just want you to feel God coming to you and just loving on you. Maybe you're here today and maybe for the first time in your life, today's the day that you realize your incredible worth to God. You realize that he went to Calvary so that you could have heaven. Maybe today, right where you are, you would just acknowledge that Jesus died for you. Ask Him to forgive you and to come into your life, and I believe He will honor that. I believe today could be the greatest day of your life. But I believe there are many Christians here as well that have been trying to perform and tried to somehow live up to a standard to make God like them and love them. I want you to just confess to God that He loves you as you are. He not only loves you, but He likes you. That's crazy to think that he loves us in spite of all of our flaws. i just ask you to reach down to your children, wrap your arms around them and love on them. I pray that we wouldn't live one day just trying to perform for your love. I pray that we can not only not perform, but God, just out of an overflow, just trust you with every detail of our life. David plays softly if anyone's here and they need to come forward for prayer you can or if you need to go to someone or just right where you are just to let God love on you just a